You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode two of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good to speak to you. How are you doing? Well, I'm I'm a little bit under the weather, oh. um, and I I don't say that lightly in in these in these troubled times. Oh, of course. Because I don't want I don't want to be sort of excommunicated from the Western League family for fear that I might <laughs> give everybody something. Um, but um, yes, I did think it discretion was the better part of valor on Saturday, and I thought I'd better steer clear of any of the grounds just in case it turned out I had something slightly nastier than a cold. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit sorry for myself um today but hopefully this will all pass it'll all blow over we'll all get back to the new normal mm. and um i'll get back to watching football soon so if anybody does see me at a, a ground near you over the coming weeks then um keep your distance sh- well i was gonna say i'm sure uh-huh. this will all blown over but anyway um we've got um a great episode um we, we've obviously we've got plenty of western league action to discuss but of course we have got plenty of cup competitions uh, lots of interest um that are uh, that our sides uh, are still in so many uh, cup competitions so that's very much the flavor of this time of the season um we're also going to be hearing from um two managers john durbin uh, the joint manager at shepton mallet of course his side were in fa cup action we've got fa vars coming up at uh, the weekend um, but it'd be good to hear from john and um, Stuart Jones as well, the manager of Ashton and Backwell United. He's um, he's going to be talking to us um, about um, his side's impressive start to uh, to life in the uh, in the first division. So um, um, that's uh, we've got all of that coming up, which is which is excellent stuff. Um, but we are going to start with a bit of Friday night football, aren't we? And yeah. um, we're going to the Theatre of Cheese. Where, well, I mean, it, I think we can safely say, Tom, that Wing Canton were not at the races. <laughs> no. That Cheddar definitely were. Um, they've obviously, yeah, they suffered a couple of surprising defeats to start the season, I'd say. But they, uh, yeah, they hit back with with a plum on Friday, a seven-one uh, mauling of of Wincanton. Uh, double hat tricks. Um, Robbie Mags and uh, Callum Ham both scoring three times for the home side, and a, a big big win. Um, yeah, get them back on track really. Obviously, as I say, I hadn't had the best starts opening two games, but this will. Um, yeah, certainly give them a bit of confidence going forward. A 7-1 win for them on Friday night against Wincanton. As with always with myself and my own punditry, I am sort of a cliche waiting to happen. But of mm-hmm. course, you know, we spent, for those of us who like playing podcast bingo, we spent most of last season talking about how anyone can beat anybody else um, in the first division. I think particularly in the current climate where we've still got people trying to sort of return to work and things like that, and availability for midweek games isn't perhaps always what it might be. Um it's going to take a while for the thing for for things to um, to settle down a bit, but um, certainly Wing Canton were one of those sides I think many people had their eyes on because that you know they did so well last season, you know a bit bit early to write them off um, this one, but um, Cheddar and you know as you said they they've been having some funny results as well. So yeah, the the, the first division really is one you, you you know it's very very difficult for any of us, particularly this early in the season, to really get a handle on how that how that division is going to settle down over the coming season. Anyway. Um, we are going to turn our attention to the FA Cups, uh, the FA Cup uh, matches that happened on Saturday, the 12th of September. And we kick off uh, with an all-Western League tie between two of the big hitters in the Premier Division, Bridgewater Town and Bitten. 
Yeah, and it was a pretty momentous clash. Uh, Bitten, um, obviously, yeah, been in, I don't think they've played a league game yet. I think they've been in <clears throat> cup competition, obviously, as, as you mentioned. That seems to be the, the flavour of the month at the moment. And, uh, yeah, FA Cup run um, continues for them. A 3-2 come from behind victory against uh, Bridgewater. Uh, home side uh, led by two goals to nil uh, after about 20 minutes, thanks to Tom Ellis and Mike Duffy. Um, but then, yeah, Bitten got them got themselves back in the game at the beginning of the second half. Liam Bishop smashing the ball home, uh, and then a couple of moments later, Joe McLennan uh, leveled leveled the scores with a curling effort. So obviously that set up a uh, a pretty good final half hour, and it was uh, yeah Bitten who who uh, who pushed on and, and claimed the victory. Ashley Kington, a uh, pretty good free kick, which is uh, doing the right well. It was on social media on Saturday afternoon, so it was a to check out and uh, yeah that was the the fifth and final goal of the game and it yeah as i say went in bitten's favor and they they move on to the next round and um our next match features another team that started this season's cup competitions in very very good form and that's cribs they were they were entertained burke Hampstead. yeah and it's not just about starting uh well in in the competitions this season but it's starting games on fire obviously they had that um opening opening round goal in the, in the 10 seconds that as you said did the rounds on uh, on Twitter the other week and uh, yeah they were back at it against Burke Hampstead on Saturday uh, one nil up inside uh, five minutes in this one uh, and it was Steve Murray um, who yeah scored in the opening minutes there uh, to put them on their way um, they had to hold out for, for most of the game didn't wrap it up uh, until the closing stages but that came from Matt Spiller uh, so a 2-0 win for Cribs uh, over Burke Hampstead Congratulations to Cribs. Uh, and finally, our FA Cup roundup finishes at a town called Mallet, um, mm. where Shepton took on former Western League winners, of course, uh, Will and Rovers. Mm, indeed, and they yeah, yeah, got a pretty pretty excellent win. Uh, 1-0 victory for the Mallet uh, over Willand. Uh, the goal coming 18 minutes from time, so a tight affair, but it was Ace of White, uh, another set piece. So, so like Kington, like we man- mentioned earlier, uh, another free kick, which I think you can... Uh, uh, find on social media, uh, just like Kington's again, uh, and it was yeah pretty, pretty well taken, and that was the decisive goal. So a one-nil win for for the Mallet uh, at home to Willem Rovers. Well, uh, that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with the joint manager of Shepton Mallet, John Durbin. Uh, it was a great result for uh, for Shepton against a familiar foe. I started by asking John how much Willem have changed since their time in the Tool Station League. They were changed from, from the team that we were used to seeing um, in the Western League a couple of years ago. Um, there's a few names missing from the team sheet that, that I, I would expect to see. Um, but that said, they were still it was still a good outfit, um, very young, and um, and we knew we had to be on our, on our game on the day to, to make sure we got anything out of it. Yeah, it's a huge credit to you that you managed to triumph um, against um, uh, Southern League uh, opposition. So, I mean, it was a close game. Were you were you nervous right up until the final minute? Yeah, of course. I think you've always got to be nervous when you're up against uh, Southern League or, or kind of opposition from, from a league above because you know the quality that they've got. Um, they've got players there that, that can turn a game on its head. Um, that said... We we done very well. Obviously, we done our homework, um, so so we knew we, we knew what to expect from Willand. I mean, obviously, as you say, they they, they were in the, the Western League for, for many years, so we knew how Russell set his team up, um, and and we 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 done well. We we, we played played some good football. We, we we defended well when we needed to, and we limited them to, to very few chances come the end. 
obviously in these COVID times, it's quite important to progress in the in the cup competitions because, of course, the, of the financial benefits that it brings. So you're into the hat for the next round, and it's away at Swindon Supermarine. They don't get any tougher than that, do they? No, not at all. Um, and I think putting in, into the mix that it's a, a Tuesday night, um, so, so we, we, we've got a little bit of travelling to do. But, uh, but no, we, we, we're, we're delighted to, to be in, in the hat. As you say, I think, think the, the prize money for clubs like us is, is invaluable. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll go there, we'll, we'll give it a good go. Um, I mean, I don't want to say it's a free hit because, because we, we know what we, what, we're, what we are capable of, but, but, but we're, we're going to be going into it as the underdogs, let, 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 that's for sure. Um, but no, we'll, we'll give it a good go. Um, the lads are excited, the group chat's been busy. Um, so yeah, so, 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 so hopefully, hopefully we can go there and give a good account of ourselves and who knows the magic of the FA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your form in the FA Cup has been very impressive, but it's been two draws so far for you in the league. Has that been frustrating? Yeah, I'll be honest, extremely frustrating. Um, we, I mean, we looked, our first game against Tarrington in the FA Cup, we, we played some exceptionally good football. Um, obviously, winning the game 3-0. Um, we went into the game against Street 2-0 uh, up at half-time um, without playing particularly well. Um, and credit to Street, they... They fought hard and, and, and they got put themselves back into the game. We, we had a couple of decisions not go our way. Um, but as I say, credit to them. Um, they, 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 they kept fighting um, and scored scored early in the second half. And we just couldn't hold on to, 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 to 2-1. And they scored the last couple of minutes to, to take us to 2 all. So that, that was a, a tough one to take. But a stark reminder that, that nobody in the in the Western League is just going to roll over and hand you three points in. Um, if that wasn't enough of a, a wake-up call, Wellington came up to our place a couple of days later and played very well. Played very well. We weren't at it um, at all. Um, and, and, and again, probably I don't want to say we, we were fortunate to get to get the point, but, but I don't think we done enough to, to, to take all three. So, so credit again to Wellington there. I mean, in terms of this season's preparations, obviously the coronavirus situation continues to hamper everything on and off the field for, for football as it does with the rest of society but I mean were you happy with the way that you were able to prepare for this season? Obviously as you say COVID, COVID and, um, is going to have an impact um, at every level but, but we our preparation was good um, we, we we took a few gambles on, on certain dates and, and, and kind of worked towards dates that we hoped would, would, would come to fruition and unfortunately for us they did so, so things such as Friendlies and competitive and football getting back um, played perfectly into our hands with how we tried to, to set up for pre-season training um, and, and similarly the way we, we booked our friendlies in we prepared for, for an early September start um, and as soon as we saw the FA Cup first or the extra prelim round um, set for the 1st of September we knew Western League games would not be too far behind that so, so we, we worked towards that date and, and again fortunately it paid off I mean, in terms of personnel, are you happy with the business you've been able to do in the transfer market? Yeah, yeah, I'm delighted. We've we've managed to keep the main bulk of our squad from last year. Um, we only had one or two opt opting to to leave and go go elsewhere um, for for various reasons. And, and, and Jack Fillion, our top scorer, obviously left to, to go and play higher. So, so you can't never stop anybody wanting to talk, to try and test themselves. Um, but but we have. Overall, we have strengthened. We've, we've brought five lads into the club this year. Um, a 
few familiar faces and names too to, to both the club and to the Western League. So, so we, we've we've strengthened overall. I would like to think um, we've we've got a, a better one to, to, to sixteen than, than we may have had last year. Um, there's a lot of competition for places, and and obviously that that can only bode well for for the games coming thick and fast this year. Now, I, I don't want to put the wind up you, but but you are one of the sides that people are talking up this season in the Premier Division. So what are your ambitions realistically for this season? I think this year is going to be an extremely tough league. I think we only got to look around and see how many other teams have also strengthened and um, there's a lot of money actually being bounced around this, this this league this year, which is which is unusual given given the COVID situation. But uh, but no, it's going to be a very tough league. Um, that said, when I joined Shepton last year, the intention was always to try and improve. Um, we 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 done very well last year before Jackals were, were, were deemed null and void. We we, we were um, on course to, to kind of a, as a, a top six finish and, and equaling Shepton's best ever finish. In, in we broke all sorts of records. Um, so this year is, is again to go one better. We want to cement ourselves as a as a top six, perhaps top four club, if if indeed that's possible. And, and it's about building sustainably and, and, and pushing forward. But as I say, it's going to be a very, very tough league and, and you've only got to look around at some of the players at other clubs to know that there is going to be no easy games this year. Now, we hear a lot about the guidance that clubs are currently going through and we know, for example, that clubs have to produce risk assessments. I mean, do you think clubs are sticking to what's required of them? I imagine that the changing room situation in particular is particularly difficult in terms of managing social distancing and preparing for a game at the same time. Yeah, I, I think all clubs are obviously in the, in the same boat. Um, I think everybody's trying their best to, to stick to the guidance and, and yet still try and remain as professional as possible. Um, so, so, yeah... We're, we, we've obviously played home and away um, this year. Played away to street, and uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't fault the efforts that, that, that they went to, and, and other clubs are, are doing when we played away in friendlies. And likewise, what, what what we've put in place at home, um, we're trying our best to stick to, to the guidance, um, hand sanitizers around the place, we head scan everybody who comes through the gate, um, markings on the floor, one-way system in and out of the, the clubhouse, etc. So, yeah, we're, we're certainly trying our best to, to adhere to all, all rules as best we can. So, moving back to the football, you've got Roman Glass up next. They've made some very impressive um, signings in the, in the pre-season. That's not going to be easy for you? No, not at all. Not at all. As, as I say, um, there isn't going to be an easy game this year. Um, I think every club has strengthened. Every club has has probably looked upon last year as a with it being null and void and there, there being no promotions and relegations it was almost a, a training exercise there, there I say for, for this year so everybody knows what's required of them this season um, so yeah there's going to be no easy games um, Roman Glass as you say have strengthened they've signed some very good players they've got ambitions of their own I know that um, Glass obviously we, we, go, we go to them on the, on the 4G pitch which is always a uh, a difficult surface to play on, um, so they'll have home advantage. But but we'll go up there, and if if we can play anything like we did or we have done in the in the two FA Cup games, we'll we'll certainly give them a game. But uh, but likewise, we we're, we're, again we're aware of what they've got and the strength they've got in depth. So so it's going to be no easy game. 
And a different type of test after that, Bishop Sutton in the Vars. Um, I suppose that, that we should take a leaf out of Bitten's book. Um, anything is possible for Western League sides in that competition. Would you Would you like a run in the Vars this season? Yeah, oh, of course. I think I think any uh, any club at this level would like would fancy themselves or would like to have a go at the Vars. Um, bit different to the FA Cup in that it, it's for, for all clubs around this standard. So um, so anybody. Um, on the day, it can obviously progress. Um, we, we we did play Bishop Sutton in a in a pre-season friendly, so so we know about them. But but likewise, they know a lot about us. Um, they were they were difficult, hard to break down. Um, you look at their results, kind of uh, in the last couple of games. Appreciate they had the uh, the game abandoned against Hengrove, but they they were going well there. Um, so so no, we we we're not going into that game expecting anything other than it to be very very difficult. And and as I say. There's no team at this level um, who just pans you anything. You've, you've got to earn the right to play. You've got to earn the right to, to win anything at this level. So, uh, so we'll be going into it with the right mentality. And, and who knows if, if, if you get a few kind, kind draws, um, a couple of uh, bit of luck along the way. Why not? Why not try and emulate what what, what Bitten's done, which was a fantastic achievement. I mean, your point about the strength of the of the Western League at the moment, particularly in the Premier Division, I think is a good one, and it's shown up by the fixture list over the coming um, couple of months. I mean, you've got the likes of Bitten, Parkway, um, Bradford Town and Exmouth um, coming up. So, I mean, when you look at the standard of opposition, where do you think, who do you think are the runners and riders this season? Who do you think is going to be fighting it out at the top of the division? Well, I, th- I, th- I think you've just named four or five of them. Um, Definitely, I think obviously Parkway, Tavistock, um, Bradford, Exmouth, Bitten. Obviously, Bridgewater's a Bridgewater's always there thereabouts. Um, as I say, I know Room and Glass have got their ambitions. Um, and, and before you know it, we, we've listed there seven or eight clubs. Um, that's before then you look at um, what, how well Halland done last year. Obviously, we've got ambitions of our own. Buckland have started the season very well. Before you know, I've got I've, I've taken us down to, to kind of tenth or eleventh. So as I say, it's going to be extremely, extremely competitive. And I'm at this moment in time, I, I wouldn't want to stick my neck out on the line and say they're the front runners because um, I think I think they're, 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 there's many, many teams that, that, that can have a very good year this year. And my thanks to John for his time. Uh, now, before we leave the FA Cup, I think notable mentions to Clevedon and Tavistock, who progressed in the competition, particularly Tavistock, who triumphed again over another um, Southern League side in Mangotsfield. And um, there'll be plenty of coverage on social media um, of the of the ties coming up. I'm sure we'll preview some of those matches um, nearer the time. Um, but for now, we're going to move back to Western League action and we're going to turn our attention to the Premier Division fixtures from Saturday, starting at Buckland Athletic, where the visitors were Canesham Town. They were, but it was uh, the home side who ran out victors in this one. Uh, Ryan Bush, he's yeah, had a pretty good start to the campaign and uh, yeah, he was the, the main man for Buckland again on Saturday, uh, opening the scoring uh, with a volley in first half stoppage time uh, to break the deadlock. Uh, and then, yeah, five minutes uh, into the second half, uh, he managed to double the lead. So uh, a quick, quick one-two really. Either side of the break, uh, Bush put in, put in Buckland two goals to the good. Craig Wilson uh, pulled a goal back for for, for the K's, um, obviously adding a few nerves uh, to the final few minutes for for Buckland. Uh, and uh, Bush actually had the chance to to complete a hat trick from the spot, but uh, he saw his penalty saved uh, in the 78th minute. But it didn't cost, unfortunately, for for, for Buckland. Uh, and they hold out uh, for a 2-1 win. 
Incredible performance there by Kane, you know, in, in front of um, a big crowd, 121, mm. watched that one at Buckland. Well, another side, um, another Devon side that we uh, we know have high, uh, have lofty ambitions this season is Plymouth Parkway. They were on the road to Chipping Sodbury Town. Not always the happiest of hunting grounds for them, but it certainly was on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, it was. Uh, eventually, uh, they ran out uh, 4-0 winners, so that's uh, nine points from nine for them uh, at the time of time of recording uh chipping something nearly held out until half time so obviously that would have um yeah given them a, a bit of a fillip but then in the 43rd minute uh, a towering header at the back post from jordan bentley uh put the devon side in front and yeah they pushed on after the break a couple of goals uh, in quick succession from a pair of brothers uh, mike and levi landricum hope i'm uh, pronouncing that one correctly uh, so that put them three nil up midway through the second half uh, and then ryan richards who seems to have uh, yeah he's he's hit the ground running this season uh, he added a late fourth and, uh, yeah, Parkway continue their uh, winning round. And finally, from the Premier Division roundup, uh, we look at, uh, we go to Street. And uh, the visitors were Roman Glass and George. Now, of course, Roman Glass had done some very good business in the pre-season, some very eye-catching um, signatures there. Um, but, um, well, I mean, Street perhaps are the ones who've, uh, who've come in under the radar, Tom. They have. Um, a 5-1 win, uh, eventually, for them. Uh, it wasn't wasn't looking that way for, for a long time. Four of their goals coming in a, a pretty dominant second half. Uh, so, yeah, it was tight in the first. Uh, Street did go ahead. Sandro Costanza, lovely name. Uh, he uh, he broke the deadlock after after 20 minutes. Uh, and then it was Ben Bamant, one of those, um, yeah, astute signings by the looks of it, um, getting Roman Glass back on level terms. Yeah, but then uh, after the break, uh, Street didn't, didn't look back. Um, two quick fire goals at the start of the... Start of the period from uh, Ed Butcher and Oscar Latus made it 3-1. Uh, and it was an own goal. Uh, extended the lead, uh, pretty much putting the result beyond the doubt. Uh, and then Kyle Strange added, added the finishing touches with a fifth uh, in the closing stages. So, yeah, 5-1 win. Street over Rome, Glass and George. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. And moving on to the first division, we kick off with Almondsbury. They were at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, indeed. Uh, another team that ran out 5-1 victors, uh, Ashton and Backwell on there. On their travels, so that's a, a pretty good win for them. Um, obviously, won during during the midweek uh, last week as well, so it was a good follow-up result for them. Uh, Callum Townsend scoring twice for the away side. Uh, Saul Jarrett also on the score sheet again. I think those two have uh, yeah each uh, notched uh, in a couple of matches so far this season, so they've done well. Uh, and there was also goals from Jacob Spence and George Jones, so pretty uh, pretty comfortable uh, win for Ashton Backwell away at Almondsbury by five goals to one. Yeah, there's a feel about Ashton and Backwell that they're picking up where they left off last season. Uh, an, in, an emphatic win there. Uh, so I started my interview with Stuart Jones by asking him whether he felt the performance on Saturday was worthy of that impressive scoreline. Uh, I believe so. I think we, on another day, maybe have been a bit more clinical in front of goal. But saying that, Olmansbury had a couple of chances. Um... They're going through a different way now with, with the youth that they've got in, which is good for them. So, yeah, I think we were worthy of it, being on 
this without being detrimental. But you, uh, uh, well, obviously you were pleased with your performance. Is that the sort of is that the sort of thing that you uh, you want to see more of this season? Uh, I want that pleased <laughs> because now we're not allowed to do changing room team talks. If you any uh, spectators that were at the game that were surrounding the pitch during our team talk, I apologise for my bad language. So no, I want that pleased at half time. But at the end, I would have took the, the five one whilst eating cereal in the morning without a doubt. And you got a reaction, so I suppose that's a positive for the uh, for the second half performance. Yeah, yeah, but I don't it's, I don't want to go down that old school route of shouting and screaming and being the headmaster for the want of a better phrase. But yeah, it did work, and it worked against Longwell Green because we were two 0 down against Longwell Green as well, going back midweek, and that that's a sort of raised the tones again. Because it's been, I mean, on paper at least, it's been a tricky start to the season for you, haven't you? You've come up against Khan and you've come up against Longwell Green, and of course, traditionally, those have been two of the strongest sides in the first division. So, um, I mean, do you expect both of those teams to be going well again this season? I think Khan will, definitely. I'm not sure about Longwell Green with Chalky and Joe being in charge, like rebuilding's difficult. Like, this, this is season three for the Dauphin Eye and it does take time to get what you want to build in and, and, and do and do all the rest of it and, and saying that it's taken us three years to get what we want and we had a chasing by Colin the, 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 the truth be known but and we had a chasing by Kingsham and a chasing by Bristol Manor Farm as well so yeah it's, it's it, it, Colin yeah Longwell Green I'm not sure it, it sounds from that answer then that perhaps the pre-season wasn't quite um, everything you wanted it to be. No, pre-season was definitely not how I wanted it to be. I can't delve too far into it, but we had a few issues, so no, pre-season hasn't been great. For, forgive me for digging a little bit, but I mean, how much of that was COVID-related? Because it, it, it's interesting to see at the moment we're all having to come to terms with this. But I, I don't necessarily. Well, be, I think it's very interesting for people to understand how that's actually affecting non-league football on the pitch. Yeah, it was revolved around COVID. Everybody knows we we have um, an agreement with Trojan Gym. Um, so Monday nights, the players are required to do uh, circuits. Um, we weren't able to go back to that on the date that we would have liked and we had an incident where we weren't allowed in the gym for a period during so a lot of it revolved around Covid and what what we were able to do I mean from the club's perspective I appreciate this is a question probably better asked of your chairman but I think for many fans particularly when fans weren't allowed in stadiums there was a worry that you know we might start pre-season in August but if we're not getting fans back in in September, which thankfully we have been able to do, just how long pre-season would actually go on and last for? And I mean, did that were those conversations happening with your chairman? Was there a worry that you know pre-season going on week after week, playing behind closed doors, there comes a point where it's just not an option? It isn't an option for everybody, granted. But I was in conversation with all all sorts of managers in the Southern League, our league and leagues below, and with regards to when they all think it was going to start. And to be honest, everybody was just guessing. No one actually knew. Um, and I was told by a good source it would be mid-October. Now, they got that pretty wrong, didn't they? Um, <laughs> another manager thought it was going to be January. So 
the conversation we weren't really having at the club in terms of when the season would start, but we were all concerned as to how pre-season would evolve um, because ours sort of got rearranged, games got rearranged, then all of a sudden you, you're cramming two games in a week, which isn't really ideal. Um, so pre-season was a little bit messy, um, and that was my sole concern because you only deal with the hurdle that's in front of you, it, for me anyway, do you know what I mean? I mean, what about player availability? Did that give you a headache as well with the players not really knowing um, when matches would be would be on or not? Um, I think they were. I think they all thought I was Mystic Meg in terms of texting me and asking me, "Oh, when are we going to be starting? When are we allowed to do this and that?" And I, I said to them, "Like I watch the news like you. I've no secrets or." There's no hotline to Boris Johnson whatsoever, do you know what I mean? So the player availability was okay, to be honest. Um, one or two went away and squeezed a Weymouth holiday in left whenever they could, but no, it didn't really affect us. We, One of the guys at the club, he works for the NHS, and he gave a few guys a tips on what, what the virus was like, because unfortunately he caught it, our physios... Dad caught it quite quite badly. Um, our chief scout died of it, unfortunately. So we did have a few things that went on revolving around it, but players' availability wasn't wasn't a major issue. I think recall. I mean, hearing you say that, Stuart, puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Really about about football at, at these times. I know we're. We're all desperate to um, to get back playing, but when you realise how it's actually hit communities and families, it um, it does it does remind you that football's only a game. It, well, it's a, it's only a game until something like that happens. And I remember, like my wife and or wife to be and I were in the garden drinking on a lovely summer's day, doing all the lockdown stuff, and uh, we had the dreaded phone call about poor Colin, which was brings you right back down to earth with a with a severe bump, um, yeah, it's oh, it's so touchy and eerie, and like teams are having to call games off now about it, and it's it's so delicate, and people are becoming a little bit conscious of what to say now because they some people are saying, oh, it's a, all a load of rubbish, and some are like, well, no, it's not. My parents had it and stuff like that, so it's. It's delicate, really delicate. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I speak on behalf of all the listeners to say that we're very sorry for your loss. Um, back yeah. to back to matters on the pitch then. And I know you have been building, obviously, in recent seasons and you've been doing a very good job of it. But um, have you been able to do much business in the transfer market? Will there be new faces for the fans to see this season? Yeah, we did manage to bring two in, but it, we, we weren't really hunting, if I'm being brutally honest. One of them we got... Lucky, he sort of signed on the basis of going to play for the reserves. We watched him for a game and then I phoned up Nick, our reserve team manager, and sort of told him I'm nicking him. And then we had a lad join us uh, the day before the season starts out of the blue from Western, which give us he gave us a bit of balance now. So without being harsh or horrible to people that aren't no longer at the club, this is the best group we've had. And saying that, eight, there's eight lads in the reserves that I've got 100% trust in, if need be. Well, I mean, you did well last season. I think you were in the top four when the season ended. Um, so is that where your ambitions lie this season? We're going to aim high again. Uh, I don't want to 
have the uh, effect of um, being shot down with predictions and stuff like that. But we, we, we're desperate to get promoted, desperate to get promoted. And a little bit of um, the players getting a bit of glory out of the hard work that we force in on them would be nice, I must say. And if you did get promoted, have you got a feel for where you might be moving? I don't see us moving leagues. I think we'll be where we are, I'm pretty sure. The, uh, the the arc around Bristol is an interesting yeah. territory, um, and I think it's one that um, we, we we need to be keeping an eye on as the uh, as the season as the season progresses. We don't know with the FA doing. We just really don't know. Well, no, they've got bigger fish to fry at the moment. But of course, one of the you know one of the reasons for um, avoiding last season was very and, and, and restarting on on the previous. Makeup was um, was to was to re you know was to revisit that restructuring exercise that they put in place. So it's going to be on their list of um, things to do. Albeit that I imagine it's quite near the bottom at the moment. Yeah. Given the current yeah, situation we're in. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so Wincanton up next. Now traditionally they're a very good um, team, but they've got off to a poor start this season. You you can't really afford to over um, overlook them, though, can you? No, they were uh, one of my tips last year. I recall. Um, I went and watched them against uh, Cheddar on Friday. They had a difficult evening there, as the result says. Um, Cheddar were just full of legs. The Friday night game's a difficult one because you don't know if the player's had an argument with his boss, if he's had a late day, if he's been posting letters on a 10-mile track, been caught in traffic, had a fry-up in the morning. You just don't know what's happened. So the Friday night game isn't something I'm in favour of as a football manager, as a chairman. I get the reason why they might be, but I sort of ignore that conversation when it comes through in the group chat, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, and then you've got Lebec, haven't you, at the weekend? And now they've, yeah. made, a, you know, they've made a good start this season. They made a good start last season and, and fell away. That, again, that's not going to be an easy game for you. Definitely not. They've got... Um, a lot of very good footballers. Um, a couple of them have moved to Briz now, thank God. <laughs> they give us a bit of a chase in, to be fair to them, on the, the last game we, we played at home when they beat us 2-0. And they deserved it. So it's not a fixture I look forward to because you just don't know what what Lebec's going to turn up. I don't know if I'm playing with fire here by saying that, but it's true. One final question before I let you go, Stu. And you mentioned earlier um, in the interview, you talked about the the team talk that you needed to do on the Saturday um, on the pitch because of obviously the restrictions surrounding the changing rooms. I mean, from a manager's perspective and 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 the players, I suppose it would be fair to say as well. What, what are those restrictions? How are they impacting it on you? I mean, do you think that sort of the, that your managerial brethren are coming to terms with the new normal regarding the way that a match day works? Uh, I think it's all a little bit difficult and strange, to be quite honest. The um, without sounding boring, the tactical board doesn't really come out on the uh, on the pitch at halftime, and nor does it when you're in the stand before the game, giving your, your your players the briefing. So you just hope that they remember certain aspects that you did in training uh, before the game, and obviously they the non-negotiables come into effect and the, and all the rest of it. But is it? Half time is difficult. It's really, really difficult, and then you get a telling off by your secretary for the language you use at half time as you walk over to the bench. So that's not 
not pleasant. And then you sort of cast an eye around the ground and see a couple of kids, and then you think, oh my god, what am I, what am I doing <laughs> to myself? Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not great, but there you go. It's the way it is, I suppose. I'm not the only one that shouts. I would like to think, but it's not something that I want to be doing. And my thanks to Stuart for his time. Uh, Now, before we move on to our final game in the First Division, I just want to give an honourable mention to um, last week's um, um, podcast guest, Lebec United. Um, They travelled to Longwell Green. Uh, 209 watched this game, um, which is a great credit, of course, to to Longwell Green. Unfortunately, they would have gone home disappointed because Lebec went out uh, winners um, 3-0. So... um, uh, well, they did very well to avoid the curse of the podcast as well. Um, but one final game for us to talk about, Tom, in the First Division is um, Warminster Town against Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Warminster uh, having a yeah really good start to the season. Another win for them. Uh, 4-1 at home to Bishop's Lydiard. Um, pretty easy afternoon by the sounds of it. Uh, Francois Allen, uh, he's having a, a pretty mega start. Uh, he scored twice. He opened the scoring for Warminster. Uh, before Joel, Joel Sisson, uh, man of the match for them. Uh, he doubled the advantage in the 26th minute. Uh, Jack Millock, uh, another number of their forwards alongside Allen. Um, he's he got on the score sheet again, uh, made it 3-0. Free, free uh, and then, uh, yeah, Allen adding the finishing touches uh, in the closing stages, completing his double uh, after Lydia had pulled a goal back. So a 4-1 win for Minster at home. Uh, now, we will turn our attention to the matches uh, coming up this weekend. That's Saturday, the 19th of September. We are into the FA VAR's first qualifying round. And um, a notable mention for three Wiltshire sides. Um, you won't be surprised that I'll be calling those out. I'll start with my own Devizes Town, um, near neighbours Westbury United, and, of course, not that far away neighbours either, Carn Town, all travel to the Isle of Wight, the, the birthplace of the contact tracing app. Um, just to give it a COVID feel. Um, yeah, Devizes take on Cow Sports. There's going to be a, a huge influx of Wiltshire people into Cows because um, Devizes take on Cow Sports and Westbury United take on East Cows Athletic. And I do hope that they stay the night. I hope they book into a lovely little B&B, have a very pleasant evening um, on the Isle of Wight uh, and take in uh, the Carn Town game on Sat- on Sunday uh, where when they play um, Newport. That's um, on the uh, that's Newport on the Isle of Wight as opposed to in Wales, of course. That was the whole theme of that. It was very much Wiltshire on the Isle of Wight. There we go. I won't labour that anymore, Tom. There's a um, there's a there's a there's a bigger competition than even the FA Vars going on uh, uh-huh. Saturday. Uh, uh, take us through that one. Yeah, we've got the um, the remainder of the Les Phillips uh, still to play out from last year. Uh, so we've got a quarter-final, uh, one of those games, uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, three o'clock kickoff, I believe, down in Devon. Uh, Tavistock, obviously, on the back of a, a excellent FA Cup victory uh, over Mangotsfield, which you, you, you mentioned earlier. Uh, they take on Warminster, who obviously we've just covered. Um, really good start for them. Uh, yeah, pretty good acid test for, for Warminster, I think. Um, going, taking, the, taking their early season good form on, 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 on their travels down to Devon in, against the Premier Division outfit. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. I think you're absolutely right there, of course. We'll, as you right to say, Warminster have started the season well, and we shouldn't forget just how well they went in the Cups um, last mm. season, obviously not least the Les Phillips. So um, yep. I think Tavistock, um, oh, we're going to be clear favourites with the bookmakers um, and everyone else probably for that matter, but I reckon Warminster will give them a really good game. So um, that's one for everyone to keep an eye out for. Um, what game have you picked out in the Premier Division, Tom? Uh, I've gone for Buckland versus Cadbury Heath. So obviously at the time of recording, 
they are both unbeaten, um, sitting in the top five. Uh, Buckland, we just mentioned, as uh, Brian Bush, uh, he started the season well. Uh, yeah, taking on a Heath side that maybe, yeah, surprised a couple uh, early early season. So, yeah, it should be a, a decent old clash down uh, down at home as Heath. I have to say that the Premier Division lineup for Saturday is um, is looking rather tasty. I don't think you could go to any of those games and be disappointed. So um, a, a great advertisement for Toolstation Western League football. Um, I'll have a look at the First Division, and uh, I think following that um, that fantastic interview um, with uh, with Stuart Jones, I'm going to say that the standout fixture there is going to be in Ashton and Backwell United. I'm very sure that Wincanton will be looking for a reaction. I know Stuart's not going to take them lightly. And um, if last season's form is anything to go by, then I think that this match could be an absolute belter. Um, so uh, that's where uh, that's where my interest will be in terms of the first division on uh, on Saturday. Um, well, that really concludes our roundup of the uh, uh, of the football both football that's happened and that is to happen tom thank you very much indeed for your time we have of course been reviewing your excellent bulletin where can the listeners find that yeah that's on the uh, homepage of the 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 new website uh, it's about halfway down and you can click on click on the link and it takes you to the the most recent one which you can download as a, a pdf and a word format so yeah that's uh, on the homepage. Now, of course, there's no school like the old school. And if you mm-hmm. like the old school bulletin, um, then there is that still available in that format, isn't it? It's in the, yeah, in the Word format. Yeah, but if you, available. Yeah. If, you like, if you like something a little, a little funkier, then, um, then we have got, uh, we've got the PDF redesign. In this age of electronic programs, I know that there's something that really gets people going, doesn't it? You're either, you are, you know, it's a very Marmite subject. So hopefully the, uh, we've covered both bases, Tom. So the old school get to keep the, the, tra- the traditional bulletin format. And there's, there's something for the, you know, for the next generation. What do you think? I was, was going to say something for everybody, hopefully. Um, yeah, excellent work by uh, James Healy. Obviously, we both know know well who's uh, yeah um, putting together uh, the the new look format. As I say, hopefully, yeah, something that uh, everybody can um, um, enjoy. Well. The most important thing, of course, is that all the facts and all the figures that you produce every week and we talk about on the podcast, we wouldn't have the podcast without that content, mm-hmm. is still very much there. So, Tom, thank you very Pleasure. much Pleasure. Uh, for your time. Hopefully, when I speak to you next week on episode three, I'll be feeling a bit better. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Anyway, <laughs> from me and from Tom, you've been listening to the Toolstation Westernly Podcast.